be joined by economist uh, Tabi Lekoa. She is at um, Argon Asset Management. You must forgive me if my voice goes away a little. We are in a very live makeshift uh, studio here, uh, and I have to kind of strain over. I'm old and blind, so I can't see the screen, uh, and I'm trying to get hold of my computer so that I can actually uh, give the uh, proper title to my economist. Uh, but Tabby, of course, uh, no stranger to 702 and Cape Talk audiences. Tabby, uh, good evening. Welcome. You are, of course, joining me uh, together with Vuganim De and Professor Richard Calland, who are in the studio here with me in uh, Johannesburg. Hi. Tabby, are you with us? Yes, I am. Okay, fantastic. Uh, it's Dr. Tabi Lechkoa. Uh, she's a senior economist at Argon Asset Management. If I have mangled your name, please do correct me. Uh, it's Leoka. Uh, Leoka, Dr. Leoka, thank you so very much for joining us. Um, let me start with you, Richard. Just before the news, we were talking about uh, some of the challenges that await a new leadership, partly brought about by the current president of the Republic of South Africa, President Jacob Zuma, a man who has faced eight uh, votes of no confidence in the National Assembly, three in the outgoing uh, National Executive Committee of the African National Congress, uh, and who, of course, claims that he united the organization and leaves it stronger as he departs uh, from it. Um, what needs to happen uh, for this new leadership to be taken seriously by its own members and by the rest of society by way of dealing with the Jacob Zuma phenomena? Well, where to start? It's, it's a long list. And whoever, well, first, should he stay? Well, I think the, the first thing that the new president, the new leadership has to do is put somehow clear blue water between it and the old regime. If I'm right in saying that this is an ANC that rank and file, to use the cliche, want renewal, whoever emerges the leader, that new leader will have to give that renewal. That means drawing a line in, in the sand uh, and saying we're moving on. It's a new era. It's a new start. Secondly, however, the great problem is to do that may well involve ending the culture of impunity. That in turn means ensuring that there is accountability and holding those who have been reckless with public resources, who have allowed state capture and even party capture to happen, to be held to account. How do you do that with the second strategic objective of the new leadership of rebuilding unity in the organization? It seems to me those are two thoroughly irreconcilable things. And that doesn't even then deal with what you do about the public fiscus and yes. the public expenditure cuts and choices that have to be made and the guidance that the new leadership is going to have to provide the government in order order to, to manage that and to keep both markets happy, happy and workers happy and public sector work. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It is going to be a very tough year for whoever takes on this big job. That's, of course, why I thought it would be a good idea to speak to Dr. Lioka because the market, and not just the market, but the entire business sector is, of course, looking at this conference with huge and massive amounts of uh, interest and concern. Uh, you saw the nominations, uh, Tabby. What do you yes. make of it? And more importantly, what do you think uh, market and business reaction is going to be, considering that we've had no up upsets from the floor? It's a, it's a shootout between two slates uh, and in many ways two opposing political projects. Yes, I, you know, I think the market right now is is watching with bated eyes and what, wondering what is um, going to be the outcome of the, the elections. Um, unfortunately, this is a bit late because by the time we find out, it will be 
uh, Monday and when the markets are opened. It would have been a lot better if we found out on during the weekend so that the market can digest the, you know, the candidates. I also think, you know, I'm quite critical of assuming or having the market assume um, a, a candidate for the ANC, uh, a suitable candidate, and that's because policy is determined by the ANC, and yes. it, 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 we have to now find out from which candidate is um, what each candidate will do, and we'll only find out once the candidate is actually voted. So once they vote a candidate, we can only then say, uh, for instance, Sarah Maposa is um, leaning towards market-friendly policies, and therefore the market will warm up to him, or Gosasana uh, Lemonizuma is doing the same or is not. Uh, but until such time, we're just, um, it's a guesswork. We don't know who will, which of the two candidates are, um, will implement um, suitable candidates uh, and, and I mean suitable policies and again the policies are ANC and not um, the individual candidates um, so I, I think that the market has been gambling and has put um, a lot of weight in terms of even their positioning on uh, candidates such as Cyril Ramaphosa without really understanding what he brings to the table. Now, Vugani, uh, what Dr. Lioka is explaining is, is really interesting because, of course, um, she's saying that it's ANC policy. Uh, however, there is no clarity on what the different candidates bring. Mm. Uh, they are not from opposing parties. Mm. Um, uh, Pre Deputy President Ramaphosa has been in government. Uh, so technically one ought to know what he stands for economically. Uh, Nkosa Zanad Lamini Zuma was in the government uh, several times in different ministries. Why is it that the economic community remains unclear about what it is that these two uh, individuals represent? What does it tell us about uh, the nature of policy making in the African National Congress as well as uh, whether or not um, the ANC actually does make policy? What, what it tells us, Karimann, what it demonstrates is, is first of all, uh, the opaque nature of uh, ANC policy making and how over time uh, the ANC as a center of policy making uh, the importance of the ANC as a center of policy making has actually been in decline and and policy making has actually taken place in the state rather than inside the ANC and i think uh, the business sector is 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 very much aware of this and has in fact been part of um, uh, uh, the process of denuding the ANC of its uh, of its uh, central policy role because the way business engages with the ANC is that it engages with the ANC as a governing party. So it engages with, with the government, not directly with the ANC itself, and directs policy, um, um, uh, policy making in the direction that it, as business, sees as, uh, as beneficial to itself. Mm -hmm. and, and that policy program then tends to be imposed on the ANC at policy conferences and at, uh, at NGC, at uh, national conferences like this. And the ANC rubber stamps what, uh, what the state has decided uh, um, uh, the ANC um, or the government needs to do. And, and so over time, what you, you see is, is the decline of the ANC as a, as a policymaking center. And that's, that's also had an impact on the sort of debates that's, that then people have inside the ANC. Uh, it's, I mean, it is remarkable that uh, this, this, this campaign where we've had about seven people 
attempting to become president of the ANC, that none of them have thought it important enough to give a, 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 a vision of what they, 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 they think the country economically, socially, um, as well as in other ways should, should be going, because that kind of thing isn't important in, in the ANC. I mean, I know Sir Ramaphosa um, uh, released something he called the, the New the Deal, deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was a, a, a series of, um, of, of, of wishes and, and, and um, uh, I think, uh, reaffirmation. Yeah, called it platitudes. Yeah, <laughs> platitudes, reaffirmation of what uh, the ANC is supposedly about, and um, um, and then he, he mentions the NDP, uh, but but the, the, there's no coherent uh, there's no vision. There's, there's no plan. Yes. There's no, no how am I going to do this if I become president. Absolutely. Dr. Leoko, let me bring you in here. You were on my colleague Eusebius Makaiser's uh, show uh, when the New Deal was released. A great fanfare in Soweto, but of course that day President Ju- Jacob Zuma also decided to steal uh, Sarah Ramaphosa's thunder and had an interview on ANN7 and everyone was obsessed with what he was saying and, and, and the New Deal got very little media coverage. But you actually took that plan apart to look for uh, the gems, if any. Uh, do you agree with what Vogani said? Absolutely. I think, you know, I struggled to find anything new about the New Deal. Um, I, I also think it is about, you know, way past time where we think about policy as a wish list and um, we start looking at uh, evidence based you know, research that will inform policy. And um, in the past, I think that we've had, I used land as an example, and that, you know, uh, land is used as a, as a way of sloganeering and electioneering, uh, but no one has really delved into what it really means. Who needs the land? Why are people moving away from land into living in squalor in urban areas? Um, and who are the ones that require land for commercial purposes and those for uh, ancestral reasons? So to then say, come up with, a, you know, we need a land policy and our people need land um, as part of the New Deal, um, it is quite surprising because he hasn't really obviously interrogated, uh, you know, the, 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 he, he hasn't interrogated the subject. And, and yet this is one thing that he's, he's going to push as his, if he becomes president. And, and that's just one example, but there are many, many examples in the New Deal where I feel that, you know, it, 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 here we go again. We've come, you know, we've got we're a wish list and we haven't really looked at are these the needs of the people? Are we speaking as policy speaking to the needs of, the, of South Africans on the ground? And, and if they don't, if we don't have policies that speak to the people, the needs of the people, then we, we have uh, a situation where we have the RDP or the OGIR or ASGISA or NDP where nothing is implemented because it's very difficult to implement or there's no interest in implementing or those who it, it, uh, it impacts are not interested because it doesn't apply to them. They, it, it's irrelevant to them. So again, when we think about policy, I think we need to be um, very true to what we're trying to do. And it comes to the core of prioritizing South Africans. And I think that that's something that the ANC needs to uh, think about very, very carefully. Uh, and that's why I guess they're in the predicament that they find themselves especially when it relates to the voter, that the voter has felt that the ANC has neglected them. The ANC just cares about themselves and uh, their positions versus how to move the country forward.
Now, Dr. Lioka, you've picked apart uh, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa's New Deal. He at least had the courtesy to arrange it in nine uh, points. Uh, but what do you make of Nkosazana Dlamini Zuma's economic vision? Does she have one? She's been very quiet about She hasn't really spoken about any uh, economic vision. Um, you know, she's kept her cards very close to her chest. So I actually don't know what she stands for. Uh, she's spoken a lot about women and the need for a woman president. But beyond that, I, I haven't had any granularity or any, uh, any, any ideas about her policies um, if she became the president. But again, policies are the ANC policy, and I then have to ask myself, uh, to what extent is um, the ANC fit to, let's say, design an economic policy? Are there enough people within the ANC to come up with a, a strong policy um, that, that either of the candidates will adopt? Um, and I think that is more significant. I was actually wondering when um, they were trying to, when they had, during the day when they were trying to count the delegates, and um, I was wondering whether the commissions took place uh, because there's an economic commission that was supposed to have taken place and um, whether it did take place. And I, I guess I, I don't know the details, but um, what, you know, what came out of it? Because out of that economic commission is um, the economic policy will come out of that economic commission. I see Richard uh, Cullen shaking his head uh, quite a bit. Now we know that voting takes place in batches and commissions are going to be taking place. Uh, there are, I think, at least about six things that came from the policy conference uh, on an economic level, Richard, that could impact uh, the economy. One, of course, is the approach uh, to a more just land policy. Uh, the, other, the other is the suggestion of, uh, of a wealth tax. Uh, we've got also a raft of competition. Petition uh, legislation. We saw uh, Ibrahim Patel and Rob Davies addressing the business sector. These are among some of the things that have been put on the table um, as potential measures uh, to bring about a more equitable economic situation. And then, of course, there's all manner of wish lists around how to bring about growth, how to create jobs. Uh, and then, uh, of course, President Zuma announces free education uh, for poor households without. Uh, consulting the education sector or his finance minister? Look, I think, Karima, that the, the underlying issue here, the existential ideological question, is what is this ANC? Mm. It's always had competing ideological instincts. It's always had a social democrat or even socialist uh, dimension or wing, but it's also always had a, a nationalist, more conservative wing, and they're always in some kind of equilibrium. Under Zuma, that equilibrium has completely broken down. It's been lost. There's no equilibrium point. You have social democrats trying to uh, implement a social democrat project against the backdrop of nationalists who are trying to accumulate wealth and to do so by often corrupt means, and that's the unreconcilable tension. The question is, who will one of these sides emerge from this conference with enough dominance to push forward a, a, a policy agenda that will actually have traction and will work? That doesn't result in a split. And that doesn't <laughs> result in a split. Again, very, very difficult. And, and we really probably need a winner-takes-all thing. Back to the points. Firstly, on Bukhani, I mean, I, I agree with him uh, largely. I, I do think, however, Ramaphosa put out a vision. It's just not a new vision. The New Deal is, is a, a new old deal, if you like. Mm. And he's simply saying we've got to give ourselves a chance to implement it. I suppose the, the back 
question to that then is, is this a government that's run out of ideas? ideas. Do we simply actually need a, a fresh start in some way? And, and governments that have been around for 23 years, 25 by 2019, I suppose it'll be, that's, that's a long time to be in government. You do tend to get stale. You know, this is the question that I actually put to Minister Ibrahim Patel, the Minister for Economic Development, and I did so off the back of being invited to a, a lecture that was uh, um, delivered by Professor, Professor Joseph Stiglitz at, at Wits University. Uh, recently, he gathered a whole range of people, and what was really interesting was that Professor Stiglitz was looking at uh, the way in which, um, you know, the traditional means in which uh, we're looking at uh, getting a more equitable economic system. Uh, and of course, the, the old uh, 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 enabling mechanisms were things like manufacturing, industrialization. Uh, and he was asking whether those measures were in fact enough, uh, mm. considering that you are uh, having a, a, a fourth economic uh, uh, or industrial revolution, mm. where you have a knowledge-based economy. Uh, and a lot of countries are actually just de-industrializing. Mm. So the its language, its instruments are, are running out. People who are interested in redistributive economic policies are running out of ideas. So there was a lot of discussion and eventually I, I said to the minister, you know, part of the, the problem for me with, with the ANC and the alliance is the lack of ideas. I mean, like, where's the ideas of the challenges of our times? Because we're so busy trying to save the state from being stolen by corrupt elements. Mm. And he said, you know, Karima, if... I were to talk with you and have this conversation, uh, let's say six months or even a year ago, I would have agreed. But at the moment, I don't think ideas or the lack thereof are our problem. Mm. Ours is just a problem of getting things done. Mm. We can't get things done. Mm. Um, and we need to find a way of getting things done. Dr. Lioka, um, I'm going to put this question to you because I'm going to let you go at, at, at half past. Um, do you think that Ibrahim Patel is right? Dr. Lioka, are you with us? Hello, can you, can you repeat the questions? Yes, what I was saying is, are we out of um, ideas to deal with the economic challenges of our times, or are we, like Minister Patel says, not out of ideas, but rather out of ways to operationalize and get things done? I think it's the latter, but you know, we haven't gotten things done. And I think that um, that's because of many reasons. We haven't focused on getting things done. Uh, we haven't prioritized on getting things done. Um, uh, we have many, many ideas. Many of them clash. Um, and it again goes back to, I think Richard asked a good question about, you know, who is the ANC and what does it want to do? Um, and I think that the ANC needs to listen more to to its its supporters and also, I think, South Africans um, in in the main. Um, but we 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 have a lot of ideas, and some of our policies are great. I mean, I, you know, ANC policies are really um, good policies. It's just that they are not implemented. And I guess they're good policies on paper. We can only test a policy. We can only really know how good a policy is if we test it. And we haven't really tested a lot of their good policies uh, or their policies that look good on paper. So once we do that, then we'll realize and we'll be able to tweak it. But until such time, it just remains um, ideas on paper. All right, that is where we leave it with our economist for this evening, Dr. Tabi uh, Lioka.